Alright. So, I have been listening to the Tibetan Book of the Dead. I'm about halfway through. At first, I was like really impressed with its metaphysics. I was like, wow. And it's kind of Buddhist metaphysics, right? Because they were Buddhists. The Tibetans were Buddhists. Are Buddhists. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it gives like a history lesson at first. And then it kind of tells about the metaphysics of the whole um, thing. And the metaphysics is very much intertwined with like, um, I don't know, Satori. Like the awareness of awareness of awareness of awareness. Um, so, I was like, wow, this is really impressive, really interesting. And then it started in on kind of like reading of the prayers and, I don't know, a bunch of like religious stuff. And it just feels like religious dogma, you know, like by now. I'm halfway through the book. I'm like, ugh, this is just droning on about but I did find that here's what I found interesting. Here's here's something. Else. You know, they're saying things like, "Well, you, your loved one is dying." Okay, so here's the Tibetan Book of the Dead. All right. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna read these prayers out loud three times, or seven times, or forty-one times, or whatever, and. Just read them to your loved ones so that, you know, their spirit that is lingering around the room can hear it and understand that, oh, yes, I have died. It's okay. I, I now have the opportunity to kind of transcend kind of the boundaries of the physical form that kept me kind of uh, coherent in one state. And now I can kind of transcend that. And so the, the objective is liberation. Liberation from the experience. Liberation from, from you know, I don't know, life. From suffering, right? From suffering. Which is life. Life is suffering. That's the whole Buddhist thing, right? Life is suffering. Now, you don't suffer because life is suffering. Uh, you suffer because you cling and all that, you know. But they're not talking much about that in the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Okay, you know, that's that's besides the point. The point is that when you're dead, um, let's let's take this opportunity, and it's like a small window to hone your consciousness into a good path forward. And what is the best path? Well, it's the one that gets you out of life forever. out total annihilation that's the goal that's the goal i find that just fascinating i mean only a religious people could believe this is a good idea i just find it fascinating because listen, okay, all right, there's parallels to other religions, like the one I was brought up in, Mormons. There's a lot of parallels, Christians, Catholics, there's so many parallels. Because what are we all saying as religious people? What do we say? 
we say this life is probation if you're Mormon if you're a Mormon it's your second estate okay you lost your first estate all right you you know whatever you had to come down to earth you couldn't stay in heaven you know you couldn't stay in the Garden of Eden you had to fall so you came down you fell uh, you left the garden you you know you went into an imperfect state okay and then then this is what we get life is imperfect life is kind of a uh, a probationary period you're on parole okay it's a test nobody likes to be tested it's not fun Or if you're Catholic, you know it's not a test. It's uh, it's you know it's um, it's predestined. And so you know, and so it's not a test. If anything, it's not a test because uh, there's predestination. So it, maybe you get to go back to heaven, or maybe you're just screwed. You know, maybe you get a great life where you're you know got all this money and wealth and fame and health and all that. Uh, or you suffer your whole life, maybe. Who knows? Who's to say? God's to say. God's in charge. So you're just kind of a puppet. So that doesn't sound very fun either. All of these religions, all of them, everything says, listen, here's, here's what's going on. You're in hell. You're not in heaven. You're in hell. You're in hell. You're in hell. What are you going to do about it? What can you do about it? And so they come up with these different schemes. And they say, well, uh, you know, Jesus was a God who came to hell, too. And, you know, he built a bridge. You can just walk out. You just have to, you know, accept him. And since we're the ones telling you about him, that, that means you accept us, so... Where's your money? Or they say, uh, you can get out. You can get out of hell. Uh, the only way is to be liberated. Liberated means complete and total annihilation. A complete and total cessation of experience. But you can get out. And you'll get out forever. If you get that. And then, you know, pray to this Buddha, do that, you know, you'll get there. I hear the same story over and over again. Now, uh, it's uh, not wrong, though. 
something gets really wrong. just right but but okay well hear me out in my explore exploration sorry in my exploration of these things uh and and the symbols of them you know i like carl jung but i don't really don't get what he's talking about most of the time i mean it's not like i've really studied him but you know i've heard of you know some things that i'm like oh, okay Okay, and so what do you, it's interesting, I actually have one of his books, Man and His Symbols, but I never cracked it open. <laughs> but I get it, you know, I get like kind of where he's coming from. Like I get kind of the topic that he's talking about. He's talking about how our symbols relate. And he's talking about it from the perspective of, okay, I've studied all the cultures. Here are the symbols in the different cultures and blah, blah, blah. And, and here's you know how they relate to each other and all that. So, you know, but the symbols that he's extracted, like, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's just, maybe I just haven't heard enough. You know, I haven't got like an overarching view, but they're not the symbols that I've extracted, which is okay. I'm not saying that, you know, but I, I they don't seem as general and as basic. Okay, it just seems like he wasn't looking for that, is what I'm saying. Seems like he was looking for like interesting connections between symbols. It didn't seem like he was looking for like the foundation of what is. He was looking at like I don't know what human culture has thought there is, maybe, or something like that. So I, I didn't I don't want that. I want what is. I want to skip all that. I want to. I'm going to skip to the end. I used to when I was a kid. I was obsessed with speed. You know, I've said I. I think that I had a very high value of knowing everything of of high intelligence. I wanted to know everything. Um, but that's because it's the fastest way to get to the end. Speed is speed is the kicker. That's the thing that wins. You know, I was obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog because <laughs> he was fast. I was obsessed with the Flash. All my idols were like fast, right? Uh, or smart, fast or smart. That was it. He's like, okay, if you're one of those, you got it. Speed, speed. I wanted to skip. Don't just, just bottom line it for me. Okay? That's what I was all about. <laughs> is that true? I think it is. I really do. So that's what I what I'm saying is that's what I did with my metaphysics. And so when I hear the the story that you're in hell. I don't say that that's just, you know, hokum. I like that term, hokum. I say, yeah. Yeah, not because they're suffering. Sure, they're suffering. 
not because there's a limitation on choice or limitations in general, not directly because of those things. I mean, what is hell other than you can't go up, right? You can only go one direction. It's a bandersnatch. It's because it's specified. Existence is specified. Existence is information. Of course it's information. You experience what's inside your head, right? What's inside your head? Neurons? Your neurons are firing in a particular form. That form is information. The models. What you experience is a symbol. And its structure is an informational structure. And the information is dis is delineated. It's this, not that. This, not that that it's information so the world of form is the world of experience. You can't experience anything that doesn't have a differentiated being. You can't. Because you are informational loops. The, the you that you identify with. The you that you identify with is a specific form of information, like the body. I identify with my body. I say, this is me. I recognize my face. I look in the mirror. I've always felt like, man, I don't know, that, that thing doesn't look like me. But I understand I'm looking out of those eyes. So I identify with the body. I feel, I understand the boundaries. I don't feel things outside my body. I identify with the body. So I have a model 
of the body in the body, in my head. I have a model of it. I also identify with my particular thought patterns. A thought will trigger this kind of thought, which will trigger probably this kind of thought, or this kind of thought, which will trigger this. I identify with that. Those loops, I identify with those. That's me. That's how I think. How, how do you think? That's who you are, isn't it? Isn't that a really good way to identify yourself? It's a little bit under the surface, isn't it? Under the surface of the physical body. Eventually, I get to the point where I'm like, oh, I identify with my awareness. We all identify with that. That's pretty vanilla, right? You take the body away. Don't take the body away. Just imagine you take the body away, like you fall asleep. You had a little dream. You're still aware. You have a dream that you're somebody else. You have a dream that you're you're thinking differently, you're feeling differently. You're still aware. It's still the same. So you peel back the onion, take the body away, the awareness is unchanged. You take the thoughts away, the awareness is unchanged. You take the emotions away, the awareness is unchanged. Now, the contents of awareness, obviously, right? But the idea is that there's an awareness core, right? Is there? there though well you can treat it like there is right you can say okay I'm aware everybody has that same awareness of awareness that's like the foundation of what we're built on Because it's there every time you look at it. Is it there when you're not looking? Uh, probably not.
It's probably not there if you're not looking. Just like everything. So the realm of... I don't know if I came full circle on that, sorry. But the realm of the differentiated is the realm of the specified, is the realm of the limited, because it is this thing, not that. And limitation is what allows for suffering, because the will can be against the limitation can wish things were somehow other than they are. Now, as I've gotten older, you know, I'm in my 30s, you know, and something that I should have learned earlier in life took me a while. I started learning it in my 30s. And that was kind of the joy of trying to make the world the way that your will would have it made. And progressing towards that. It's hard, it's hard to enjoy that. It's impossible to progress towards it. Which, which is kind of what religion gave me for a long time. But, you know, when I started having practical goals, I found it a little, a little rewarding, enjoyable, to move towards what my will thinks is a better world. It's nice rewarding my favorite religious text is the Tao Te Ching and in it I always think of that phrase Are you trying to improve the world or something like that? I don't think it can be done. That's not to say, you know, don't do things to improve your life or your world, but you know, do it for you. Don't wait for some external validation. Work towards it. And enjoy the the process. And if you, you know you, you get the reward, then really enjoy it. That's great. But don't just live for that, because it might not. So the world in which there is differentiation, that is hell. That is hell. Because it's not annihilation. But annihilation doesn't exist.
You can't know that you're annihilated. It's not there. It doesn't exist. Now, the Buddhists or the Tibetans or whoever, they're saying, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not the right model. Get a different one. Here's the, here's the model. I'll tell you the model. You as an individual don't exist anyway. So when you realize that, you can, you know, obtain nirvana and samadhi and whatever. And you can move on to this liberation experience where you experience nothingness for all eternity. And you're liberated. And, you, and so you become a Buddha, and it's so great. And you might come back and help everybody in existence, you know, uh, also become Buddhas or become liberated or something. Like, like kind of a, a Jesus zombie, you know? Like you're not there because you're liberated, you're, but you also are there because you're coming back and you're helping out. But nothing phases you because, you know, you're Buddha. And I, I don't know where to put it. It's weird to me. I'm like, okay. I, you know, because it's undifferentiated. It's like, it's, 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 a, it's a myth. It doesn't mean anything. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with it. But technically, I don't know what to do with this realization that nothing doesn't exist either. Technically. I mean, you know, whether it's that or this, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, you know, whatever. I mean, you can't do logic on null. That's the point of it. It's illogical. Anyway, I've been thinking about it today. It's been bothering me. I mean, this realization that you're in hell. Well, you know, this has been, you know, I've kind of been there for a long time. Like, I get that. Okay. But... I can't really define a heaven. Bliss is good, you know. Bliss is good. Ultimate rest, you know, resting forever is good. The model gets to rest. So if you view yourself as a, as a ser series of models, that are all referencing one another, self-referential models that get updated because the other ones update. So it's kind of like a loop and it's forever, right? And it's a stable loop because you got a brain, so you've been, you know, kind of managed by evolution to kind of be stable and homeostatic. So, fine. You're a loop of self-referential models in a brain, you know, that's using the, uh, you know, uh, physical... Um, whatever it's called, like forces of nature to perceive the world and update the model, make predictions about the future and use the, the error from those predictions 
uh, to update yourself. You know, okay, okay, fine, 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 fine. That thing, that memory structure, which I don't even like to call it structure when it's, you know, this kind of swirling group of models. Uh, but, you know, what else? You know, so that thing's gone when it shuts down. And it shuts down at night. I mean, it shuts down during sleep. You know, it blinks at least. I mean, come on. I mean, some of it doesn't shut down because, you know, you dream and stuff and then keep your heartbeat going and all that. But basically it shuts down. As far as you're concerned, as far as the highest level models that we can actually like speak about are concerned, they go away. You know, they, they stop performing. They, It's weird that we need to do that, but we do. You know, to stay coherent, we need to dive into incoherency and lose our our memory. I remember when Lucy was like, I don't know, two or three months old. And Sometimes when you're putting her to bed and she starts getting sleepy, nodding off, and then she'll like, kind of like, uh, I don't know, like, like wake up. Um, I just remember a few times, like, she'd give you this look, like, am I dying? Like this look, like, what the hell just happened? I think babies at that time, they think sleeping is death. I mean, they think they're gone. They think that's the end. I mean, you know, on some level, right? Like they barely think anything coherent because they, they don't even have language. But they have experience. They form memories. They have an intelligence. And so they make conclusions and realizations and they have thoughts, you know? They have thoughts. And I think sometimes they think that sleep is the end. You know, at some kind of phase during development, they're kind of like freaked out about it. And they cry and they look at you and they're like, is everything going to be okay? <laughs> and you, you just kind of, all right, okay. Because they become aware that they're losing awareness. You don't need language to understand that. You don't need to be three or four. You understand that early on. Okay? Because awareness is so basic. Realizing that you're aware. That's like so basic. I'm serious. So I think sleep is a really, really, really good analogy for life. And so do the Tibetans. 
and so you know so do but not not these western religions that i find interesting they're like no no reincarnation no like we don't none of that like okay like like okay maybe we, maybe we shouldn't take like reincarnation like completely literal or something like maybe we should but you know something's going on like that i mean it's you know we sleep for god's sake every day it seems like a micro expression of a life I had a dream one time I had a really interesting I thought it was an interesting dream it's probably the dream that I feel is the most interesting that I've ever had in my whole life and the dream uh, Just, I'm gonna, just, just a minute. I guess I'm wandering. Well, because this dream is like, huh. To do it justice, I might need a little water. I don't want to interrupt the dream for this excursion. To... Here we go. Got the water. This was about five years ago, I'm assuming. Like five, four, six, I don't know, something like that. Most likely about five. So, now, the whole night was weird. I like went to sleep like meditating, like trying to meditate. And I had a really weird experience. And then I had this really weird dream. Okay, I'll tell you the whole story. I started to meditate. My brother said, if you want to meditate, here's what you do. You, you know, you lay down and you sit up or whatever. And you close your eyes. And when you start thinking about something, just don't. Just stop thinking about it. And then when you start thinking about something else, just stop thinking about that. And you just keep doing it. And so I was like, oh my God. Okay, I'll try it. And so I, I laid there. And it was really late. And everybody was asleep. And it was like, you know. I mean, it was probably like past midnight. So it's it's quiet outside. And I'm laying there. I start to do this meditation. I'm really trying to do it the right way. You know, so I'm just like, you know, blank. And if I start thinking about blankness, you know, just stop that. Stop. Mm -mm. And so I just, nope. 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 And, you know, 
This was the only time in my life where I feel like maybe I did get into an altered state during, you know, like because of meditation, which was cool. Right? So this was this is what happened. So after a little while, um, I. Uh, Every once in a while, a noise would happen outside, like a dog barking or a car horn or somebody walking up the stairs, the apartment place, or I don't know, just whatever, random things. But it was like late, so it wasn't all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I remember like, I mean, here's another one, like somebody was like, like coughed like once or twice, like in the apartment below us, like or sneezed or something, you know, like, so I was like, anyway. so, um, I'd hear those things and I'd come back to center and I want to get this right. So I'm just, I'm trying to remember just right. And then I, um, I hear something, and then and then I had this experience. I'd hear something at random, and I'd start to follow it. And I'd start to think about it for a second, and you know it was hard to come back to center, but I I was trying. And then I heard a literal sound. It was inside my head. I knew it wasn't outside my head, but it was like a buzzing, beeping, hallucinatory noise. It felt green to me. And um, in response to like how much attention I was paying to the outside object, it would get loud. And then as I would come back to center, it would get quiet. Like it was like leading me back to center. It was like... And then I hear it, kind of like how they do the gong, and then you're supposed to focus on that noise until it like fades into nothingness. That's kind of like what was happening, but it was like a hallucination inside my head. And I was like, "Wow, that's cool." And then I, you know, and then I'd hear it again because I was like following the idea of like, "Wow, that's inside my head." And so I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." Like, it's like stop, just stop the noise. And so, I, you know, it was, but then I kept, every time it would happen, I would like, I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then I got this distinct, like, I don't know, message. Like, oh, you're going to follow that? Let me show you what I can do. That's how it felt. It was like inside my head. It wasn't a voice, but it was like a message. It's like, is that how you're going to be? Okay. Let me show you something. Okay. And then all of a sudden, it was silent darkness. And then I heard the beeping, buzzing noise. Now, this is not my dream, okay? I'm not getting to my dream yet. This was, I was awake to this. So, then all of a sudden, in silent darkness, I hear the, the buzzing, beeping noise. Like, I hear it in my head. I'm like, wait a second. 
that was not in response to anything outside me. Why did it beep? And then, as soon as I had the thought, why did that happen? I heard a car horn. I was like, whoa. That's kind of weird. But let's, let's quiet down. Nothing, nothing. And then, a little while later, beep. And then I heard a dog bark. These are like minutes. And then, beep. And then a sound outside. I would hear the internal noise before what happened in the external world. As if, this is honestly, this is what it felt like to me. My subconscious was saying, good job on trying to meditate. Um, there's a lot here, and I want to show you that there's a lot. Now, obviously, you're not able to kind of take advantage of that because you keep getting distracted by this hallucinatory help that I'm giving you. But I can also give you this other little interesting thing to uh, contemplate if you're so inclined that I can predict the future. Okay, I know what's going to happen before it's going to happen. All right? That's what I felt was happening. That I was in communion with my subconscious. And that it was telling me that. And it was like... There's so much more here than you're aware of. Like, that you even model. That you even have an idea about. That you even think is possible. That you even think might not be possible. There's so much more. That's what it was felt like. That's what it felt like. It's like, how do you predict the future, dude? Like, how, how, how would I know that that car would honk in the next second? How? It's been like a minute. I could have beeped at any moment. You think I'm just doing this at random? I did it multiple times. Okay, so that was the... Uh, that was my experience actually meditating. For real. The one time I was ever able to do it. Alright. Oh. Was it a dream? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think it's a dream. I will never. I never did. I never have. I never will. I don't think that's a dream. I think it was totally lucid. Because I then did fall asleep and I had a dream. And that's a different experience than that experience. So I'll tell you the dream. Now, don't get offended by this dream, okay? You know, it's... People can get offended by anything. Alright, just don't. Just don't do it. Don't, don't do it. It's annoying. I don't know who's listening to this, but... Uh, I, I have a hard time worrying about people getting offended. So, don't. 
All right. In my dream, I became immediately aware that I was in hell. That was the first thing I knew. Oh, I'm in hell. I looked around. And it looked like that desktop um, image from like 19, I don't know, 98 or 2000 or something. Where it's like rolling hills of green pasture. Um, it looked like that. And I was like, hey, this isn't so bad. So I start walking around. You know, there's a tree every once in a while. There's, you know, maybe there's like, there wasn't many people, but you know. There, there wasn't much to do. So I, I'm like, okay, I get it. It's just an infinite landscape of boring. I get it. That's, that's what hell is. Okay. And I'm like, there, you know, there's no way to go up. Like literally, there's no way. There's no buildings. There's nothing to climb. I can like go up a little tiny tree that's like, you know, 10 feet off the ground. Uh, it doesn't feel like I can really die or get hurt or, you know, I feel like kind of indestructible, like, like a minion, you know, like, but also like, what, what's going on here? Like, there's nothing going on. It's like boring. And I was like, okay, I get it. So I start to think, well, okay, if I can't really build anything, do anything interesting, anything worthwhile, anything that will last, that's the other thing about hell, nothing lasts. Uh, and and there's no way to go up. There's no way to change my situation. This is where I am. I thought, you know, well, maybe there's something beneath hell. Maybe because there's like gravity, like I can't go up. I can only go down. So, well, maybe there's something down there. Maybe there's something down. What's beneath hell? I started to wonder about it. So. And it was nice, though. Like, it was really pleasant. Hell was really nice. It was just kind of boring, you know. And I realized, it, not not just that it was boring, like, devoid of, like, novelty or... That's, you know, there were some interesting things every once in a while, but but what I mean is it was devoid of, like, meaning. I didn't have a purpose for being here. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go down. I'll go down. There's got to be a way down. You know, there's a volcano somewhere. There's something. There's mines. I don't know. Maybe there's something. So I find this little hole in the ground. And I'm like, oh, I'll climb in there. I climb in, and I'm in water all of a sudden, and uh, I realize, oh, I'm I'm lowering with with a water level, you know, like a like I don't know, the underground lake or something is lowering, 
And so I'm looking up at the the ceiling, which was the ground that I was walking on. And I see this little speck of light where I can't climb through a hole. And now I'm lowering, lowering, lowering. And I get to kind of like, I'm like in this huge cave, right? This huge cavern kind of thing. And in the middle of this cavern, there's this massive hole. Massive. And the water keeps lowering down there. And I'm like, wow, okay. And I can barely see anything. It's like pitch black. But I kind of get the feeling of what it is. And so there's like a rim around the hole. And there's no way to climb back up to where I came from. I'm like, oh, of course. There's a trap beneath hell. Okay, now I was in this infinite landscape. Now I'm in this trap. I can walk around a big hole, and that's it. That's all I can do. I can't go back up. Uh, shit. So I'm like, okay. Well, you know, after walking around it for a little while, I was like, okay. So this is somehow worse. So <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, um, hmm. the only thing to do is to go down again. So I said, all right. And I took a running leap because, you know, it's a big, big gaping hole. I want to, I don't know how far down it goes, but I certainly don't want to like hit the edge and like just tumble, you know, that would probably hurt. So I'm like, okay, well, it, it's, it's a, it's a running leap or nothing. So I take a running leap off the edge and jump into the abyss, this, this void, this huge void in the middle of the cave. And I'm like, this is it. Now what's going to happen? Am I just going to fall forever? Well, what, what is it? Uh, am I going to splash into water? Am I just going to hit the floor? I mean, if it's just the floor, then that's just part of hell, you know? So I don't, you know, it's got to be something else. So what is it? So uh, as I'm falling, I'm like, hmm. Hmm. I'm falling, it's taking a while, but all of a sudden I kind of feel something. And it's not like rocks, like I'm, you know, uh, kind of scraping against the edge of the cavern or anything. It's a, it's a smooth feeling. I'm like, what is this? And you know that movie, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, where they kind of fall down on leaves and, and grass and stuff? It was like that. So I was fell onto a massive tree. Massive tree. Just gigantic tree. You know, like city, citywide tree. Like it was huge. And so I fell on this tree and, you know, I'm kind of like falling on leaves and like sliding down on them, like jumping over that leaf. And kind of, so I kind of fall all the way down to the ground, gently kind of like get down there. And... This tree is on a on an island, a little island, you know, big enough for it. And you know, like there's 
the tree and the ground and and then as far as the eye can see in all directions blue shimmering water and blackness above it the water just pitch black no stars i looked for stars nothing and i'm like well yeah i mean i guess i'm in a cave or something i guess there would be no stars but but i got the ex i got the um I got the um, feeling that the ocean that I was looking at was like infinite. Like it was, it didn't end. Like it was just, and it was shimmering. It was like white, kind of, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, but, but very blue, very light blue, very kind of neon. So I went down to the edge of the water and I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is new. You know, I can take a drink. Let's do that. Well, I, you know, I don't know what to do about this tree. I don't know what that means, but water's nice. And it's supporting the tree, you know, probably drinkable, I guess. So I go down and I drink some water, you know, put my hand in there and I drink it. So I got water in my tummy, <laughs> my tummy, my stomach, right? I have kids. So I, I got water in there. And then I'm like, well, this is beautiful. It really is. I, I, I don't know what I want to do. I guess I'll just go for a swim. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's go for a swim. I'd like to swim right, in this beautiful water. So I go for a swim. And as soon as I dive in and I'm submerged in the water entirely, like a baptism, as soon as I'm in it, I get this samadhi experience, this satori experience, this like amazing awareness experience of all reality. And I realized it was it was from the um, realization that the water, which represented like infinite being, I don't know what else to call it, I don't know. But it also represented like infinite void at the same time, like I don't know how to describe that, was inside of me, it was inside of my stomach, it was inside of my body, it was inside me, right? and that there, you know, it was contained and coherent, and it was, it was just inside me, and then there was me, my whole body. And then there was the infinite same water outside of me. All the way outside of me. Everywhere. Completely surrounding my three-dimensional shape. So there were layers, right? And that what was me was a boundary between the being inside and the being outside. That's what me was. And that boundary didn't exist. That was like the black void. It was, it's not real. And when I reflected on that and realized that and saw that, 
It took me up a level into my real life. And it said, do you have purpose in your life? You know, do you have meaning? Like you're curious, you're interested, you love novelty. You, you know, you might want to accomplish something or some other thing. And you have people that love you, you love them. But is that, is that anything other than a dream? Just like the dream you're having right now. The experience, it's real. Right now. It's real. You're having it. The dream that you're in right now, with the water and the tree and the hell and all that. It's real. It's a real experience. But it's a dream, right? How is your regular life possibly any different than a dream? Even though it's real. How? It's not. You know, it might be more detailed. It might have, you know, these different structures. It might be um, seemingly more persistent or whatever. You know, it might have all that. But fundamentally, it's a dream too. It can't be anything other than a dream because that boundary between being and being, it's just a boundary. It's just a boundary. It's just informational. It's... it's It's temporary. There, there's no way for the water in your stomach to stay in your stomach forever. It will never be disconnected from the whole of being forever. It's bound to return. And it's bound to be disconnected again. That's the way it works. You can't get out. The boundary can be dissolved. What's that? That was never anything. It's a dream. It's a dream. So find some meaning in it while it lasts. Well, what matters to you? You don't have to find objective meaning. Come on. That's possible. Subjective meaning. Something matters. What do you care about? What's your will? What's the boundaries will? Manifest it. Be it. Conform to it. Well, you're being, you can do it. I was in the water and the water was in me. It, it, all a dream. There's no meaning in hell. There doesn't have to be.